Welcome to the Speak Like a Leader podcast with John Bates. Welcome to the show. With me today is Oren C. Hudson. And Oren is the creator and founder of BeSomeone.org. And Oren formerly was uh, in the United States Air Force. He was a crew chief. Then he went to uh, into law enforcement as a state trooper. And now he runs BeSomeone.org. So Oren, I... You are a ball of light. In fact, CNN has dubbed you the Pied Piper of Positivity. And I know that you've served over 78,000 students with what you do, and your goal is over a million. And I want to help you get there and crush that goal and go way beyond. And I know that you've been given the George H.W. Bush Points of Light Award, and that you've also been given the FBI Director's Community Leader Award. Now, I'm going to put a little pin in all that because it sounds almost intimidating, you know, like, like, oh my gosh, this guy has something I don't, how could he be so great? And you're so positive in a little bit. I'm going to ask you about how that happened, where that came from, but first tell me what's the C for? The C's for checkmate and checkmate means you win and it's not over until you win. That's awesome. my My deepest heart desire is to help others win. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, we've known each other for a while now, and that has been my consistent experience of you. So it's not just a, a nice thing to say. It's something that you you put your actual effort and intention and attention behind. So I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, um, you had some down moments in your life. You yeah. know, might as well go right to that. Because, you know, one of the things that when we first met, you just always had such positive things to say and such a positive outlook. And, you know, at first I was kind of like, can this guy be for real? You know? <laughs> and, and then I got to hear some of your stories and I know that there was a moment when, you know, you were in a contentious divorce. You had to, you know, you, the judge seemed to have something out for you. Even the court reporter <laughs> was like, what is he doing to you? And, uh, you ended up in jail for a little bit. You had to sell your nice car to get out of jail. Your the car you'd bought that was a total piece broke. And you were in a really, really scared, low, down spot. And then you got a call a little while after that moment. Will you tell me about that call? Yeah, I got a call from uh, this two-time Academy Award winner, Dane Fonda. And she wanted me to come to Atlanta to uh, start a chess program for young people in a couple of schools. And when you get a phone call from Dane Fonda, you normally, I may not have, I may have not have took that call, but because of my down moments, uh, you know, it was a, a perfect timing. Yeah, right. I mean, so, you know, that was one of the things that I really got out of the story that you shared with me is that this whole positivity you know, what, what's the thing you say about life conspiring? And- you know, life is a conspiracy to help you win. Uh, everything is unfolding as it should. Um, bad thing, you know, uh, even when it's bad, it's good because life is all working in your favor. And, you know, like when you just say that, 
I think it's easy for people to go, yeah, easy for him to say, right? But you, you I've been there. Prob- yeah, well, and you probably never would have gotten that call from Jane Fonda, nor would you have said yes to going and teaching chess to kids if that bump in business that you had was was doing really well and you you hadn't had this contentious divorce and been in a really low place. What was the other big thing that came out of you being knocked down? You, I mean, you did the thing that led to the call with Jane Fonda. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I went through the divorce and was really down and depressed about everything because I lost everything. Usually you get something out of the deal. I got nothing. And I decided to do something for others. And I created a, uh, for the be some one day where I did something in downtown park, Atlanta. I mean, correction, downtown park, uh, Birmingham, Lynn Park. And I realized when you do something for others, it makes you feel better. And yeah. the person is thinking about you. But if you, if you see, if you're always in mind for the needs of others, it really makes your life better. So do you remember the moment when you were thinking, oh, woe is me, this sucks, oh my gosh, I've lost everything, what a drag, and then that moment where you said, wait a minute, let me do something for other people, and you started creating that chess in the park? What what was that about? Well, you know, um, May 24th, 2000, seven people were shot in a robbery for $2,000. And I said to myself, bad things continue to happen when concerned people fail to give back and serve others and make boss moves. And I made a boss move and started uh, be someone at the park and and, in downtown Lane Park. And when I started to be someone um, thing in the park, uh, you know, Jane Funda called. Uh, the Chess Federation, because they had reached out to the Chess Federation to order some supplies and stuff to do this big event. And one thing led to another. She called the Chess Federation and, and wanted to know who they recommend. And she said, oh, I got just a private person. And she recommended me. And we flew to, well, we both uh, met together in her office. And uh, and that's how I started doing stuff in Atlanta for, uh, for Jane Fonda. And that essentially was the catalyst for you to do, to take be someone.org to 78,000 kids and to keep on going and has keep become, on going because yeah. when you love what you, you know, when you love what you do, it's not worth how to work another, how to never work another day in life, fall in love with what you do, when you fall in love with you, what you do. You'll never work another day again in your life. Yeah. Well, you certainly, you know, you seem to just be in love with just being alive uh, on top of what you do. And it's, it's a, it's a joy to be around you. So, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the, I got two questions, actually, let's pursue whichever one you want to do first. One is who were some of the great leaders and influences in your life? And two is what, are some of the things that you have learned about leadership from, I mean, you must have learned something about leadership from these 78,000 kids that you've reached out and touched and made a difference for. What are some of the big takeaways from that? And then, and then who are some of the leaders and what are some of the things you learned from them that really had an impact on you? 
Well, this this gentleman by the name of John Bates, he uh, he's very powerful. And what I love about John is that he shares things that you know you don't hear often, like uh, courage is you know acting and you know having having fear, being afraid, but doing it anyway. That's brilliant because we were less, we were looking at some definitions, and you go, no, 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 let's tweak that. It's, so what I love about you is you take stuff that's out there and you tweak it. So the stronger. So people like John Bates, I've I've learned from Tony Robbins. I've learned from Les Brown, uh, Jack Canfield, uh, Jim Rohn. I uh, did a workshop with Jim Rohn. He did a, a conference call with my kids. Uh, so I'm just blessed to be able to meet some people and they've helped me along the way. So I stand on the shoulders of great people like John Bates, who, uh, who's helping me get to the next level. And for that, you know, anytime a guy talks to you and you get goosebumps and you've been, I've been to over 500 training seminars and workshops, but when I talk to you, no one can break it home like John Bates. And I appreciate that. Oh, Oren, thank you. Gosh, that means a lot to me, being included in that company. So, so as you've done this, you've been you've been taking things that you've learned from. I mean, Jim Rohn's one of my big heroes. You know, Tony Robbins, obviously. I, you know, I know Jack Canfield as well. He interviewed me. These are some great, great mindset, leadership, thinking. You know, focused people. What are some of the things that you've seen? Like, like what lands with kids, and what, what you know? Is there a story of of somebody who really got something out of your teachings that maybe even surprised you? Well, I remember we Aaron Porter. We we competed in a statewide chess competition, and we mm. traveled to Augusta, Georgia, and uh, we had to compete for the statewide chess competition. My children they panicked. As the coach. We can't win this tournament. I go, why? They said, well, they said the school we have to play, their mascot is a chess piece. We've been ambushed. <laughs> and I said, they obviously so take it really seriously. Yeah. Because just mostly logo for schools is like an eagle or a bird. There was a chess <laughs> piece. They said, coach, we've been ambushed. <laughs> and I said, not so fast. I said, play the board. The board is neutral. The board doesn't care. And the board doesn't know. I said, play the board. Don't play. Don't don't focus on the other stuff. Focus the focus on the board. Stay focused. And we were in that. We was able to win it, but it was not without a fight. Uh, my top guy, Aaron Porter, lost his queen in the match. And uh, he remember what we teach in class. Don't focus on what you lost. Focus on what you have left. The queen is the most powerful piece. And even though he lost his queen, he fought back and ended up winning the match when he became state champion. So. You know, lessons like that, teaching young people never give up, you know, use what you have and give it all you got. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. I mean, losing your queen, I mean, for for someone like me, that would be devastation because I don't know what I'm doing so much. But that that line, the board is neutral, you know, the board doesn't care that their mascot is a chess piece. Right. The board oh, doesn't yeah. care. Nature is neutral and that, you know, uh, your mind makes this game a level playing field. Yeah. Wow. That's so great. Well, you know, that's one of the things that you, it's one of your messages, right? Brains before bullets. Brains before bullets. Think it out. Don't shoot it out. The only way to fight is to use your head. You know, we got to teach young people that every move you make has consequences. And you can make some moves in life and never recover. 
So you got to think things through. It's just true. It's just honest. It's just the best move I can make. Make your next yeah. move your best move. Oh, I love that. I mean, in the experience of learning chess and seeing that every move does have consequences and the yep. consequences can be, you know, they can add up over over moves down the line, right? And that 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 story of, uh, you know, your player who lost his queen, you know, that would seem like an unrecoverable move to some people, but he was able to fight back and win. So, you know, I like, I really, really like the consciousness that that brings to this. And by the way, you know, I'm, I am going to be asking you to teach Johnny and me how to play chess here pretty soon. I mean, he's, he's four and a half. So, um, <laughs> no, four is a, four and a half is a good age. Yeah, he can, he can get it. Cause I've tried a lot of four year olds how to play chess. So that was not, that's not nothing unusual. Wow, that's pretty cool. Maybe we can jump on like a FaceTime call or a Zoom call and cuz he's interested. We've I've got a chessboard upstairs. I mean, we're playing high ho chariot and shoots and ladders and stuff. Um we also have this really cool game where you try to get these owls home by jumping little colors. So we we have some fun games, but uh and he's very interested in the chessboard. Like it's it's pretty cool looking, you know, the squares and those cool pieces and there's the horse and the castle and all that. Yeah, it's it's the game of life and you win or lose based on the decision that you make. I'll tell you a story. The king, the, the queen, the king and the queen they got married by the bishop. They ran off on a night and they went to the castle and the pawns are the children. And so there are a lot of stories that chess, you can, he can, you can teach him now that will elevate him uh, in the future and show him that, you know, every move you make is a plus or a minus. Everything yeah. you do take you closer to your goals or away from your goals. So my message is make every move count and make your next move your best move. Yeah, that's I really, really like that. So so how did you get into chess? You know, a teacher by the name of James Edge me, I was a gang member in my teens. He pulled me to the side and said, listen, I'm going to teach you how to think for yourself. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to teach you chess. I said, I'm a checker guru. He said, checkers, you're using half of the board. He said, chess, you're using every single square on the board. I'm going to teach you how to play the whole board. And so <laughs> checkers, you're using just half of the board. And there's no females on He said, there's no females on the, te on the checker board. And on the chessboard, the female is the most powerful piece on the board. Just yeah, like you know, that's not an accident, by the way. Just like in life. Yeah, yep. Well, that's really cool. And so, you know, what I like about that is one of the things I talk about is being responsible for what they hear, right? How can I say something, not just so I can check the box, I said it, but so I can check the box, he got it. And that guy clearly knew you enough to know that when he said, look, you're using half the board and there's no females on the board. <laughs> like that was a challenge to Orin, Orin Hudson, right? Right. And you, you stepped into that and wanted to play the whole board and, you know, and, and, and bring in all the aspects of life. I think that was a pretty brilliant, that was a boss move on his well, part, right? One of the things I learned from you, John, I really love is that you're not only responsible for what you say, but you also responsible for what your person hears because yeah. what they hear is also important. You know, you say something and if they hear something else, then you may incite a ride 
and people may be killed behind it. So yeah, you're yep. not only responsible for what you say, but you're also responsible for what they hear. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, people that I'm working with and supporting like you and me and everybody that I hang out with, we're interested in our results. Right. What are the okay. actual results we cause? And that's how you get there, right? Results is the name of the game. The meaning of your communication is the response you get. Yes, so that's result, how you say it. Result, yeah. or meaning of your communication is the response you get. So results is the name of the game. It's all about results. That's awesome. So, so any other stories about kids that have, you know, that like things that you've seen that surprised you or touched you out of learning chess? Yeah, well, I, I've been blessed. I've never seen any of my kids on the news for something negative because one of the things that, and I thank God for this, uh, one of the things I just try to tell the children is to do no harm. You know, you can't get arrested for giving and serving other people. You only can get arrested for subtracting value. There are four types of people. There are people that subtract, there are people that divide, people that add, multiply. God first <laughs> instructions. God first instruction to the first couple on earth was be fruitful and multiply. I'm just telling children to multiply value. You know, always yeah. give people more value than they give you, be a multiplier. And if you're a multiplier, you'll win every time. You go around subtracting value. Those who subtract value go to jail. Those who divide value go to jail. When you add, you're okay. When you multiply, you've been extraordinary. So yeah. be a multiplier and be extraordinary. You know, I, I I know that you're a man of faith, and I do have a saying that I mean in the most positive way. I think it's kind of funny. Can I run it by you? Yes, sir. Go for it. Uh, Jesus saves, but God invests. <laughs> So, yeah. So be a multiplier. I love that. Um, so what's, you know, you and I have uh, a guy that I respect greatly in common and I, and I know you respect him too. I'd love to know what you, what some of the things you learned from him are. I'll say the name. I'll say it loud. I'll say it proud. Les Brown. Yeah. Les Brown. Les Brown and I are real good friends. I we talk a lot. Uh, I have his cell phone. He has mine. And if you Google me, you'll hear him talk about me. But um, Google my name or nothing. Yeah. He talks about you know one day he called me and he said, "How you doing, Orin?" And I said, "Today is the best day of my life. I'm living my dream." And he said he start he gonna start saying that now. But he <laughs> talks about that, that story when I when he calls me and asks me how am I doing. And uh, I tell people today is best day of my life. And one lady asked me, she said, well, why you say that? Did you hit the lottery? I said, yes, I hit the lottery. I hit the lottery every day I wake up. You have to create yeah. your own lottery. So what I love about Les Brown is that, you know, he, you know, I've learned a lot from Les Brown. But between me and you, I've learned a lot from you as well, Don. So everybody has their own name and everybody speaks to you differently. And yeah. that's why you, my friend, you you bring a lot to the table as well. So for that, I honor John Bates. You are the real deal. Well, thank you. Thank you, Oren. I, I I do really, really appreciate that. Uh, you know, his whole his whole thing of people don't connect with your successes, they connect with your messes, your messages in your mess. I heard him say that at the very beginning of my speaking and coaching and training career about gosh it's about 10 years ago now and uh and I really took that on 
You know, I it made very deep, intrinsic sense to me. And, uh, and you know, I mean, coming from a legend like him, I wasn't going to argue. And, uh, and I think that that has been an enormous key to the value that I've been able to create and offer people. Um, I think that what it really speaks to is that moment of, you know, how down you were. I mean, you know, you, you were a gang member in your teens and somebody reached out to you and was responsible for saying what he needed to say in a way that would land for you. And, and if I remember right, you, he gave you a big thick book about chess. Right. And like you hadn't even really read books before. Right. You know, never knew the value of reading a book until he gave me that book. And the yeah. turning point in my life is I became the first African-American to defeat the Alabama state champion. And I realized that all readers are leaders and to earn more, you got to learn more. So reading is very important. Reading is fundamental. Read, read, and read some more. I, I, I suggest people, and I'm all about, you know, reading and trying to improve myself. I was watching Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers the quarterback for the um, Green Bay Packers, and he, uh -huh. and he he had an interview on TV, and he was telling people to read books and learn. I was like, wow, that's, that's so amazing. And so I recorded it. So I have a copy of that, him saying that. So because I'm always pushing kids to read because, you know, when you read, it takes you new and you learn stuff. And school is never out. My students said, Coach, yeah. why you say school is never out? I said, because I'm still learning and I'm in pre-K now. I said, Coach, you've been pre-K 40 years ago. I said, I'm never getting out of pre-K because I'm always learning and you never arrive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so perfect. I, I, I've heard a story excuse me, from the guy who used to coach uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, and, and look, I don't know sports very well. And I, I kind of, I kind of thought Kobe Bryant was a little bit of a brat and I, you know, I was never that much of a fan just cause I, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to sports anyway, but this story totally changed my mind. He went into what he used to do, maybe still does. He would go watch, High school basketball games. Who was high he? school? Who was Kobe he? Bryant? Kobe okay. Bryant, right? And he would go watch high school basketball games, and you know he'd go in kind of with you know his hood over and like you know a little disguised and sit way up in the back and watch you know. And his coach said, well, "Why are you doing that?" <clears throat> he said, "You know, I don't know what I'm. Who knows what I might learn, right? I'm, I'm watching, watching what they're what they're doing, you know, because they're they're trying new things, and I can always learn something." And one time he was there watching and some kid did some rad move, you know, um, and he was really impressed. He was like, wow, I'm going to go home and I'm going to practice that. And so he came home that night after watching this high school football or uh, basketball game, set up the furniture in his living room, like the defenders and everything, and then practiced this move for a while because he'd just seen it. And the next day he told his coach about it. Right. And his coach said, well, that's, that's, that's really amazing. How long are you going to practice that coat, that, that move? And he said, until because said until what he said, until <laughs> just going to keep practicing it. Right. And that's the thing that I love about leadership. It's the thing that I love about, I would imagine chess. If I knew it well enough, I don't know golf that well, but I know golf is like this. I think surfing's like this. I think basketball being truly great at any sport is like this. 
there's no top, right? It's just, you're in school, you're always in pre-K and you're always getting better. And I can always imagine someone who's going to be a better surfer than I am. I can always imagine someone who's going to be a better speaker than I am, a, a better leader. And it, and instead of letting that ruin my day, I let that inspire me and just keep climbing because there's no top, right? Yeah, just keep climbing, keep climbing, keep moving, and never uh, be never satisfied. Never, never be satisfied for work. Never be satisfied where you are. Yeah. Now you know that's another thing that I hear people say a lot. And I think it's important. I'd love to know what you think about this. It's not be dissatisfied. It's not be unhappy. It's not beat yourself up. It's just don't get complacent, right? Don't get complacent and just be open-minded to know that there's still stuff out there you're not aware of. And so you want to close the awareness gap. Yeah, that's cool. So so who's another great leader and a story of – of you know maybe well I, I went to I went to a results uh, workshop from Tony Robbins in 2000 and mm. one of the things Tony said to me that I really that really changed my life was if you had six months to live what would you do yeah. and when he said that that really um, inspired me to do be someone as well you know that's part of what I do you know, if you had six months to live, what would you do? I started to be someone, get something to get back. So the results, 2000, Tony Robbins, I was there. I was I was blessed to go to the VIP lunching. Uh, this God has just blessed me. I met Tony Robbins twice, got pictures. Um, so, you know, I love Tony Robbins. I love John Maxwell, met him. Uh, Jim Rohn, I uh, went to his last workshop that he did because of Kyle Wilson. Kyle Wilson, I thank God for him. Yeah. Um, Jack Canfield invited me to his eight day um, training in uh, his, he do an eight day training, success principles. And so I was blessed to get a phone call. Hey, look, or now I want to invite you as my VIP guest to come. And so I was blessed to do that. So I've been blessed with a lot of, powerhouse people Les Brown has helped me and came to several of my events and did events for me and uh, I invited Les to an event he go look guys I'm only here because of or and I don't get out of my bed unless the or call so he came and told the audience that and people are like oh my god you got Les Brown to come because I told yeah. Les Brown was coming they didn't believe me yeah <laughs> they didn't promote it they didn't believe me and when Les Brown showed up they go oh my god you what yeah so I thank yeah. God for people like Les Brown and People who've helped me along the way. So I'm just on a mission to get a million kids and share everything I learned with them so that they can be successful. Well, you know, it seems to me like they're, you know, any somebody who's listening to this, that, you know, there's a lot of high powered leaders that are listening to this that could get in touch with really great people like that, probably. There's, there's also probably somebody listening who's like, wow, that guy's lucky, right? that guy's lucky. I could never do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. The thing, the monkey mind says, you know, the monkey mind chatter all the time. It seems really important to me to, to go back to the beginning of the conversation about just how low you were and just how bad things were and just how unhappy you were. And, you know, there are multiple ways that we can respond in those moments. And some of those ways take us down a subtractor or a divider or just an unhappy path. 
And some of those ways end up, you know, producing results like you can call Les Brown and he'll get out of bed for you, you know, and uh, and hang out with Jack Canfield. So let's say there's somebody listening who doesn't feel like they've got access to the people you've got access to and they they, they don't feel like they've had that lucky break yet. What's something you would go back and tell yourself at those lowest points when you didn't know how it was going to turn out? Because that's the thing. History is is awesome. But the thing we always forget is they didn't know. Like the people that were, you know, sailing across the Atlantic in World War II. I just watched a fabulous film called Greyhound with Tom Hanks. So good. They didn't know. They they didn't know that the United States would eventually win and that Europe would eventually uh, win. And, you know, they, who, nobody knew. And in those down moments, when you're hearing somebody like, like the Pied Piper of positivity say, oh, you know, life's conspiring for you. What would you tell yourself in the moment before you actually really believed that? Well, I learned, I learned something <laughs> for Jim Rohn that I'll never forget. Jim Rohn said, it's not what happens to you. Is what you do about what happened. Yeah. So when bad things happen and it happens to all of us, you just got to be cool, calm, and collect and look for the silver lining. Because no matter what happens, there's always a silver lining. Yes, mm. I used to putting people in jail. Yes, I got put in jail for 42 days. Yes, I had to pay $42, for, uh, $37.50 for every day I was in jail for 42 days, come to about $1,600. So you had to pay a $1,600 hotel be to, to be locked up in jail because I didn't pay $6,000 a month in child support. And, you know, and you couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't pay $6,000. I couldn't pay, you know, which was crazy because I'm like, the judge could not pay that kind of money. Yeah. And I'm on. Well, you had had I, a really I'm, successful. I'm from the Alden Project. Yeah. I'm, I barely got out of high school, but he going to order that I pay $6,000 a month. Come on now. Give me a break. But yeah. even though you have downtimes, you know, there's always a silver lining and you can always overcome adversity if you just stay with it, keep cool, keep calm, be still and know that God will provide. Well, you know, I, I think that that's really great. And I always, you know, in that vein of being responsible for what they hear, I think you and I, you know, I mean, we've got we've got some history behind us. We've been through some things and come out the other side. And I think that when I, you know, if I'm thinking about a younger me who hasn't been through all that stuff and and lived through it and made it and, you know, really thought that this is got this is the lowest it could go and then it went lower. And, you know, um, I try to think about how would I how could I really land that for myself before I had experienced it, you know? for people that are a lot younger that are maybe in a tough spot. I mean, I think that one of the things I keep saying, you've probably heard me say it, Orin, is we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. This whole COVID thing has really made it very, very clear that first of all, we're, it's one planet, you know, it's not like closing the borders stopped a virus. And I mean, it did for some places like New Zealand's done pretty well with that, but still they just, you know, had some case. So like we are definitely interconnected. I think the argument is well made. And, um, you know, we have gotten to see that there are huge discrepancies between 
how we're all able to live and, and, you know, what we all have available to us. So we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And if, if there's somebody that's listening and they're really down right now and they, they're having a hard time believing that life conspires for them and that it's all going to turn out, is there something you'd say to them? Just, um, you're here for a reason. Uh, and that sometimes it looks like Pharaoh is coming and looks like you have no way out. But God, being a God of just, will not let evil win over good. Just stay the course, keep the faith, trust God. God will be with you for his glory so that He can you can see the miracle of God. So just stay the course of believing yourself. Know that you are a child of the universe and see yourself as God sees you. And that you can do this, you can do it here, and you can do it now. Just keep the faith, uh, hang in there, and things will get better. Just trust the process. Everything is a process. And that you will come out on top if you believe and you stay the course and don't panic. Never do anything to solve a temporary situation. Everything is temporary. And there is a silver lining. A silver lining means that, yes, it looks dark. Yes, it's bleak. Yes, you were locked up for 42 days. Yes, you had to pay a hotel fee. But when I got out, it, it was um, uh, light and God provided and I was able to stay the course. And you can do this. You can do it, too. So just stay the course. Yeah. No matter how bad it gets, you, it can be uh, it'll, it'll get better. Nothing happens forever. Nothing is forever. Nothing is for uh, ever. You know, yeah, you're the not bad stuck. is not forever yeah. and the good. Yeah, that's really that's a really great. You know, there's. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, one thing that got me through a lot of those times was just uh, my mantra for a while was this too shall pass, you know, this too shall pass. And, you know, I think I'm going to, I'm going to coin a term here. You're chess in the park moment, right? Cause if you hadn't been slapped down, that idea would not have seemed so attractive. <laughs> you I never would have done, done the chess in the park. Yeah. And you never would have gotten to the whole next level of being fulfilled, right? Right. Um, and and I think back on the time that I spent in the wilderness, you know, I raised several hundred million dollars in Silicon Valley and beyond, and I never had a successful exit. So, you know, multiple time loser, if I wanted to see it that way. And, uh, and you know. And it so was I a turning that, point in my life because- out of adversity is is your uh, is your medicine. Yeah, yep. I mean, and uh, you know, that's that, that's the thing I think too. If I hadn't failed all those times, and if I hadn't spent all that time in the woods, and if I hadn't almost died of an autoimmune disease after I lost the company that I had co-founded, Big Words, you know, all those things that seemed like such terrible things. And listen, it's not like they were fun. Okay, I admit that was not fun, and I think it gave me gifts that I couldn't have gotten any other way. And I don't think I could do what I do now, which I find exceedingly fulfilling without those downtimes. Yeah. So, yeah. You need the downtimes in order to appreciate the good times. Now you've got a song and I think we're going to put a link to it in the, um, in the show notes. Is it something you, you want to, perform a verse or two of yeah, the beast, you know it's called uh 
To be someone you got to get in the game. I am RC Hudson. It's time for a change. Make the right moves in this game called life. Think before you move and always be nice. And when the game gets tough, the times get rough, never give up because we're more than enough. Practice every day, the correct way, always better your best before you play. You got to get in the game. Get in the game. Say it. Get in the game. Get your head in the game. Head in the game. Say it. Head in the game. Head in the game. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Say it. Stay in the game. Stay in the game. Get on top of your game. Top of your game. Say it. Top of your game. Get on top of your game. What game? What game? Say it. What game? What game? Game of life. The game of life. Say it. The game of life. The game of life. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And there's that's up somewhere on the uh, on the internet too, huh? Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm blessed I was able to record that song and perform it and if you if you go on you if you go to YouTube and um type in Orrin Hudson get in the game 2020 it should come up. Right on. You know, I'm noticing another thing about you Orrin and uh it's something that I've noticed a lot and I I haven't ever thought about the genius behind it yet. And it just occurred to me, here's what I'm, here's what I think. I believe that your words create your world. And I talk about that a lot. And one of the things that I talk about is the time in my life that I noticed that everything that I was thinking about most of the time was what I didn't want. And I noticed that I would say things like, I don't want to talk about it. Because I don't want to jinx it. Okay, what is up with that? I realized one day. I, I was like, okay, that is the most disempowering relationship to my own words that I could possibly have. That my words jinx things? What? And I decided in that moment that I would start, every time I thought about something I didn't want, I would focus on what I did. I would catch myself, stop, and focus on what I did. And I, I, I said... In that moment, I am changing my relationship with my word. My word creates. My word brings into existence. And so I started saying things to create them versus avoiding saying things so I wouldn't jinx them. And what I notice is that out of your mouth on a regular basis, over and over and over, you say things like, I'm blessed. And I believe that not only are you blessed, but I believe that by saying that, speaking that over and over, you're also creating that. And, and I think that that's something that somebody in a down moment could think about and take on. Are you focused on what you don't want or what you're worried about is going to happen. You know, are you in the rocking chair of worry? Like you, you can rock really fast and go nowhere. It's like, it's like negative visualization, right? Worry. And right. what's coming out of your mouth. Are you saying things like I used to, like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. Or, you know, I don't have this or I can't do that. Or are you saying things like I'm blessed? I'm grateful. Wow awesome you know uh, and i think that 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 is far more powerful than it might sound to somebody who's who's in a down moment i think it's a really big deal 
Well, the main thing I tell people is words are you, your success in life is voice activated. When you state it, you create. When you state it, you create it. So when you state That's- it, you create it. Everything is voice activated. You know, I and like watch this, Alexa. How are you? So when you state it, you create it. So you got to state what you want. Like, you know, there, you know, when the beginning was the word, the word was God and and, and word was with God. So God used words to create the world. And so your word, your words create your reality. And when you state it, you create it. You know, I am somebody. My mind is a pearl. I can change the world. I can do this. I can do it here and I can do it now. You know, always focus on the positive because you can do this. You can do it here and you can do it now. Boy, that's so great. That's so great. I'm really glad that you're out there sharing this. Uh, with so, what are some of the ways that you do this? I think you've been pushed into doing this virtually now, like everybody else. Um, how's that going? What? Tell me a little bit more about be someone and how people can get in touch with you and what you do for kids. And well, be someone. someone yeah. or depends on donations from regular people. And I thank you for God for all your support. You've helped us a lot. I thank God for that. But mostly we depend on regular people to support us. We have no uh, source of income other than donations from people. And so God has blessed us to be meet people like you, John, and other people who supported the work and helped us get the word out. So we always depend on BeSomeone.org. And we are doing a big event coming up on uh, February the 29th, correct, February the 27th, which is a Saturday. We're doing mm-hmm. something for children. And then on April the 11th, we're doing a huge event called Good Deeds Day. So we're all about trying to get back to the community, teaching young people how to think strategically about their future, get your head up, get your pants up, get your grades up. And the big one, never give up. I love that. Now, is that is this something that a school district could reach out to you for or an individual teacher? Or how do things <laughs> usually come in that way? Um all kinds of people, you know, regular individuals, school districts, uh, individuals all over. Just we open to everybody. We do stuff for children. We do stuff for prison systems. We do stuff for companies. Uh, I've done stuff in the mall, and because of virtual, we're doing stuff, a lot of stuff virtual. But I'm using the game of chess to teach young people six magic words: take time to think things through. Why? Because you can make one move in life and never recover. Don't do the first thing that pops in your head. Your first crack might be a whack and you can't take it back. So think before you act. Wow. I love it. I love it. Really, really good. And, you know, I think, again, going back to the power of the word, you making these things catchy and memorable is far more important than it might seem like at first, you know, to give somebody a great statement or a great nugget of thought is one thing to give it to them in a way that they can't forget it. That's a real gift. You know, that's a real gift. So, and what about someone like me? Can I like, do you ever do like, could I help you do a fundraiser where like I came and did a little training or talked or. Yeah. I I I would love for you to, uh, Help us do a fundraiser and tell people, look, this guy, let's do something, let's do a fundraiser and everybody pay, you know, whatever, make a donation to be someone because 
and then we can make a big deal out of it. We can get it on the news and um, the news media love me. I've been on TV in about 40 cities doing what I do and just teaching young people how to be a good person because I teach the children as though my life depends on it because it does because we're interconnected. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I think that there's a, it's not just the children, right? I think that there's plenty of grownups that, that could benefit from those six words, you know? Yeah, um, we and we do we do senior citizens and we do parents. So uh, yeah. I do I, my 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 age of teaching people is eight to eighty eight. Anybody in that bracket, eight to eighty eight. Right on, right on. Um, well, good. So, what's something that I didn't ask you about that that you might want to share? Well, I'm just a full-time soldier fighting ignorance. A lady called me at 1.30 in the morning. Her name was Deborah Curry. And she asked me, she said, she said, listen, uh, I'm I'm having some trouble with my son. He's in a gang. He's making some bad choices. And would you help me? And uh, I reached out. I mean, she said, will you sign a court affidavit and help my, my son? And I said, yes. And I signed the court affidavit and I helped the son and report. Actually, why would you take a phone call from a complete stranger at 1.30 in the morning? I said, and this is my mantra, a full-time soldier sleeps with his boots on. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to make me cry. It's not about me. It's about we. And it takes teamwork to make the dream, make the dream work. Because what you sincerely desire for others will happen for you. Yeah. Gosh, that's great. I mean, and I that's who I know you to be from my experience with you, Oren, is a you know, a full-time soldier for good who sleeps with his boots on. Yeah, full-time soldier sleeps with his boots on because it's not about me, it's about we. And it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And what you sincerely desire for others will happen for you. That's really, really, really powerful. Oren, it's just such a joy to be with you. I, I really appreciate it. And knowing that there are people like you in the world, that helps me get out of bed on those days when it maybe seems a little tougher. You know, one of the things I, is, is you probably, I mean, as you know, and as most people listening know, I've been really involved in the TED and the TEDx community. And one of the things that I always tell people when I'm around other people who love TEDx and who are involved in that community and giving to that community is that I love being around other people who care that much too. And I think that exactly. Yeah. One of the, yeah. And life just, whatever you put out there is coming back. And you are my, you, John, you are a giver and trust me, it's going to come back. It's just, you know, put your bread on the water and it comes back multiply it. Right on. Well, and you know, I, I I think that it gets really tempting as we get older, as we're as we grow up and as we get teased and as we get, you know, revealed and as we do silly things that other people see us do, I think it gets really tempting to shut it down a little bit, you know? Oh, I'm never gonna do that again. I'm not gonna Oh, I'm not going to look stupid again. I'm not going to let people know what I really care about again. I'm not going to, you know, and I think that that's one of the great internal battles for human beings is to be willing to go forward, be willing to get laughed at, be willing to fall down, be willing to let people actually know what you actually care about. Uh, you know, one of the things I found difficult at first working with young people like late high school to early college was that they cared so much 
that they couldn't let anybody know how much they cared. And at first, I just thought they didn't care. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, sorry. That was incorrect. It's that they care so much that they don't want to, they can't let anybody know how much they care. And I think that's really all of us. And to be willing to stand up and say, I care and stand up and be witnessed for being really you. And, and even though all those times as a little kid or a young person, or even an adult, you got laughed at or, you know, felt silly or whatever. I think if we can all just stay in touch with that and stay open to that, it's a, it's a hard thing to do as human beings. It's much easier, I think, to shut down and get cynical and, you know, put up walls and all that. But there's nobody on earth for the sole reason of taking down my walls. You know, if I'm going to have walls up, then that's up to me. And if, if they're going to get dismantled, that's also up to me. And, uh, and I really appreciate you being one of those people who is just flat out about how much you care. I love being around people who care that much too. Well, I appreciate it. And John, if I can ever be a blessing to you, please uh, reach out to me. I'm here uh, 24 seven for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Oren. And I do really appreciate you joining us today. And uh, your website is, you know, I usually say this up front, I, I forgot, but your website is besomeone.org. And is there any social media that we should be, uh, that we should mention in particular? Are you particularly big on? Well, I'm, I'm big on Facebook. I'm Oren Checkmate Hudson on Facebook. I have over 5,000 friends. So Oren right. Checkmate Hudson on Facebook. Uh, BeSomeone.org is my website. I'm on Twitter at, at BeSomeone. And I'm on Instagram. I think it's um, BeSomeone.0.org. It's zero in there instead of all. Okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, Instagram, but mainly I'm be, uh, on uh, Orange Checkmate Hudson on Facebook is what I'm really mostly on. Okay. And you're also Orange Checkmate Hudson on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Orange Checkmate Hudson on LinkedIn. And okay. I do a little, I'm, I'm trying to get better. So if you're out there and you're, you're social media guru, we need you on our team. What we're doing <laughs> has your name on it. You could be a part of the world one move at a time. Right on. Oren, thank you very, very, very much. And, and I hope you'll come back sooner or later here down the road and tell us what's been happening and, and give us another dose of the Pied Piper of positivity because you earned it. You earned that title. And it's not just a platitude. It's really who you are. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining the Speak Like a Leader podcast. Go be awesome.